0: Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be, and whatever time of day it is, we are so excited that you are joining us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. Uh, my name is Alex. With me today is Trey. Trey, how's it going, man?
1: Hey, Alex, what's going on, man?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. Excited about the uh, the topic uh, at hand to discuss today um, on this episode, but uh, you know, just in general, excited to be here. Doing good. How about yourself? Yep.
1: Yeah, um hello, hello, hello peoples. Uh I hope all you had a good week. Hope you're having a good day. Um Alex, my furniture did not show up when it was supposed to.
0: You know, isn't that usually how it goes? I
1: mean, we <laughs> saved up to get this furniture. Uh we we definitely waited till Joshua was was a little bit older so he wouldn't stab mm. it with a fork. So it, it didn't come, but it's coming next week or this week, coming up this week.
0: So, well, you know, and, and usually that's how it goes. They they give you this crazy range of of when it'll uh when it'll be delivered, and then you um, then once it's you know either on the way or something, they call and tell you finally after you've waited maybe you know half a day to get there. So, uh, but yeah, that unfortunately it didn't come when they when they had originally scheduled it. That's true. That's true. It's okay though. So
1: we got, we got one more week on on the torn, uh, the torn fabric, uh, stuffing coming out. Couch, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Hey, as long as it still sits and you know doesn't doesn't fall on the floor when you try and sit on it, you're you're well, good. Well,
1: one, one of them does. So that,
0: you know, <laughs> it, you, he jumped on it so much that it broke. And, know,
1: I, I come in from work and there's like two pounds of stuffing in the floor. Like, oh my
0: gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully they won't, you know, have to change the delivery schedule again, but uh yeah, our week's been been pretty interesting. We started uh swim lessons for our son um, this week, so that's been been pretty fun uh and <laughs> somewhat stressful at the same time. Yeah. Uh he's not he's not afraid of you know the water per se, but uh when you've got a group of people around and somewhat you know, like everybody's doing all these things at, at once, he's not too keen on that. So uh That's funny, man. The the second <laughs> lesson was much better than the first lesson. I will say he, he improved a lot, he got a lot more comfortable with it. So we'll see how the rest of them play out. But well you you know, me and your dad are
1: old school, so our swimming lessons were like, swim, boy. <laughs> you know, yeah. He got thrown in. Like, hey, yo. And, yeah. you know, the mo- mom's like, don't throw him
0: in like that. You
1: know, and I'm trying to, you know, survive and not breathe yeah. in water. That's how I yeah. learned how to swim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a true yeah. story. I, I, don't know that I, I don't know that I could do that. Uh, I don't know if that makes me weak or, or smart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I, I could do man. that to him. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I appreciate you not doing that to him. How's
0: that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, excited to really dig in uh, today and, and over the next episode or two as well. Um, as we'll be covering the you know, I guess you call it the book of Jude, but you know, the letter that Jude wrote, just you know, singular chapter, not multiple in this case, but uh but it's it's the the last Book in the Bible just before you you get to Revelation and um, and to kind of set it up for anyone listening. Maybe you've you know never really spent a whole lot of time reading the Book of Jude, or maybe it's one of those because it is so short that you just sort of breeze through and passed over. Because um, that's kind of how it is for me. Like I've read it multiple times, but I've never stopped to really dig in and dive in. Like what we're what we're going to do today. And so, you know, I've kind of I, I feel like I've learned a lot already in just preparing and I'm sure I'll learn even more over the next week or two as we um, dive deeper and unpack what's happening here. But to set up the background of Jude and, and this letter that he wrote, it was written it estimated between like 65 and 80 AD. So it was relatively early on in the church. Tr- and it's believed there's a couple, really like two different people that that um, scholars kind of go back and forth and say that this could possibly be. But it seems to more heavily weigh toward it, that Jude is actually a half brother of Jesus and, and, and of, of James. Um, and that is is partly because of the way that he introduces himself in the beginning of the letter Uh, He doesn't refer to himself as an apostle, which is something that many of the other apostles do in their letters. Uh, And so he does refer to himself or call himself a brother of James, uh, which whom is also, you know, a a brother of Jesus in in that regard. And so a lot of people tend to think that that that's who Jude is. And, And Jude is is also another name or another form of, of the Hebrew name, Judah, uh, which is also Greek, Greek uh, or the Greek, Greek name for Greek. Judas. And so the scary, yeah. obviously, yeah. and the, um, the um, city's writing to really is, is just in general. general like Jewish Christians versus Gentile Christians, but, but just Christians in general. And and it's, it's interesting because you, you can tell in the first few verses, he talks about, Hey, you know, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation that we share, he then explains what he's writing about and the purpose of this letter. And it's to warn Christians, um, those he was writing to in that moment, as well as to us today, he's writing to warn about false teachings um, and not just all false teachings in general, but specifically those who are trying to teach that, Hey, you know what you're saved. You can do whatever you want now. It's okay. Um, and so he's, he's really writing to uh, teach and, and to encourage Christians to protect themselves against that teaching but also in an effort to help you know rescue others and pull them away from from the dangers and pitfalls of teachings like that and so that's what we're going to talk about through the the letter that Jude writes here and today specifically we're going to be looking really at the first uh, few verses like verses 1 through 10 um, and so I can summarize that before we dive in as far, I'll read through that. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to be looking at today.
1: Hey, real quick, Alex, you know, I, I just, it just hit me a minute ago when you, when you were talking about when, when this was written and what it's about. Uh, okay. So let's say you're sitting there and you are like, Oh, they're going, they're going to, they're going to teach. or They're going to talk today about false teaching. And you say, oh, there's not a lot of false teaching or I ain't got to worry about that or whatever. Look, this is 65 years since the church began. And you've got, I mean, at, at 0 AD or 33 AD, you've got Jesus warning us of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've got Paul writing about it a lot. Then you got Peter mm-hmm. writing about it. Just read First and Second Peter, right? So, yes, false teaching is a very, very serious thing and very prevalent. Also, do you think that the enemy is going to sit back and chill and let the truth do what it does? Mm, yeah. What he's going to do is try his best to defile, destroy, and kill the truth. That's what yeah. he does. So, yeah. you know, this, this letter is a. Marvelous example of calling out the problem and what the problem looks like, and what do you do about it?
0: Yep. And, and and you said something too that really is important to understand. You know, false teachings are just that; they are false, right? They are yep. an attack against the truth of the gospel. And yep. of scripture that they want to, and, and the thing is, it's not always some huge, drastic, just off the wall thing. Yep, it's, it's subtle. In a way that's just so slightly different that it eventually yep. leads you so far off the path of truth. Now,
1: th- this is something that I've heard people say. Well, uh, you know, maybe maybe a pastor might say something weird. But look, I, I've got an internal clock kind of thing. I got an internal alarm system that if I hear something wrong, um, that I'll know it. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot. Um, and that may be true, but you can't rely on that. You, you can't sit there and soak in what somebody's saying um, and, and not and not listen with an open Bible. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you, you can't rely because let me tell you something, the falsehood, yeah. um, false teaching tickles your ears. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds good. It basically builds you up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you are very willing at times to, to accept that. <clears throat> Because it's it's yeah, I mean, some somebody of authority is telling me that there's something good in me mm-hmm. without having to rely on Christ. That's yeah. the problem.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it's. it's there's such a delicate balance that has to happen because you don't want you know, we're not trying to to tell people that you should feel crappy and terrible about yourself every moment of every day. Like the gospel is the good news. The thing is you have to be careful not to think that you are the good news. It's Jesus Christ and the salvation we have in him. That is the good news. And so then from that, that's where the good actually exists. There is that delicate balance we have to have. And it's so easy to fall into, you know, the, really the temptation of, Oh man, dude, this, this sounds good. This sounds nice. This sounds comfortable. This makes me feel really good about myself. Like I've done some really good things, you know, and and it's easy to get lost in that. Um, And we just have to be careful about it, even especially as, you know, as people who, quote unquote, teach scripture or, you know, whether that's us, you know, doing this through the podcast, whether that's us preaching a sermon, teaching a Bible study, having a conversation with someone about scripture. We just have to be very careful about how we portray um, what scripture says and what it's what it's actually teaching. And so I think that's why you, know, you see so many warnings against false teachings because it's, there's so many variations of that out there. Um, so I, I'll read verses 1 through 10, and then we'll, we'll kind of come back and, and unpack what's happening there. But in Jude 1, uh, it says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose uh, condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know this, I wanted to remind you that the, that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel uh, Michael, when he was disputing with the devil or disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you, yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them wow yeah that that's quite intense
1: yeah pretty intense so um <laughs> i mean he he just goes out and says look i look i i i don't have time to talk about and break down the salvation we share or what i need to talk about is how people have slipped in among you to destroy that.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: I mean, I mean that's that's pretty important. I mean that's what his letter's about.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think it's worth notating as well, and, and you know, understanding what that salvation is, um, and, and the key things around that is, you know, our salvation is in Christ, in Christ alone, right? Right. That is our salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. And Jonah 2, 9, I think this is, you know, key to to point out here, actually says, but I would shouts of graceful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. So, this salvation that we share in is not anything we do. It's nothing we earn. It's nothing we'll ever be able to achieve or acquire on our own effort, but it is only a gift of God that we receive by grace through faith in Christ Jesus in His work and His victory that we get to share in and be a part of because of what he did on the cross rising from the grave and uh us being able to share in that in that victory with him yep so
1: let's let's um in context let's break this down a little bit okay so he calls himself a servant of jesus christ right that 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 Greek word is slave, right? Um, Here's the interesting thing. Nope. That word is kind of like a very big negative word today. I get it. Um, I understand that. Um, But I'm going to draw a line of the sand here. Um, I don't care who you are. You are a slave to either sin or Jesus. Mm, yeah. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, you would much rather be a servant or slave to Jesus than a servant or slave to sin. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Jesus died for me. I owe my life to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gladly his servant. I'm gladly <laughs> indebted to him instead of being indebted to sin. Um, you know, that's what he saved me from. So to be a servant of Jesus Christ, um, uh, that's his first cred- credential. And then he kind of adds in, I'm the brother of James and everybody who's reading this letter at this time knows that that adds to his credibility as a, as a writer. There's only two people in the New Testament who wrote that aren't apostles. And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one being Luke. Right? So uh I think the, the the first verse is extremely important. He's like, who is he writing to? Um he's writing to those who are called. Um that that's being summoned by God into the light. When you're called by God. He's bringing you out of the darkness into the light. He's taking you out of the grave and taking your gra- grave clothes off and putting on the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah, That's the called right? Who are they? Or they are beloved in God the Father. Right? Jesus said, if, if if you're in me, then you're in him too. Because I and the Father are one. So, it you being <clears throat> me basically jesus said is being in the father i mean that's that's how this works (laughs) you know so do you remember philip goes hey just show us the father that's all we want and he said philip if you've seen me you have seen the father oh Mm -hmm. my gosh yeah i mean that's awesome also um who are those who are called well they are kept they are kept yep Right. I mean, that is extremely important. So what does that mean? Well, I'm going to go to one of my trusty verse uh, passages. Go back in John 6. We'll start at verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. Here you go. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Those are the called, And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I won't lose them. That's being kept. Who keeps you? He does. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who is the father who sent me, that I will lose nothing of all that he has given me, but I will raise them up on the last day. Oh, my Mm. gosh right yeah. so
0: yeah.
1: you know Jay, uh, jude understands this i mean he in this in this real quick sentence he just summed up what jesus said as recorded by john mm. um <laughs> just fascinating so may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you Ex- exponential right um it's not Mercy plus peace plus love. It's mercy times peace times love. Multiplied, expounded in abundance. Mm -hmm. Right. So then he goes on to to say he, he calls who he's writing to the beloved or to his brothers and sisters. Uh, I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation at which, which if you want to, if you want to read about that, go to Romans and read Romans.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, that explains everything you need to know about the common salvation and believe me, it's common. That doesn't mean that it's, um, uh, blase or what do you, what do you, what's a good word to put it? Um, That that it's just ho hum that it's such as common. It means there's one salvation, yeah, and it's in Christ Jesus. You can't find it on your own. It's not in you. It's Him. He's the salvation. I mean, that's what His name means. Mm -hmm. The Lord saves, Yeshua, right? Um. So I found it necessary to write appealing to you to what? To contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to all the saints. And that is very, very important. So Alex, what do you think it means to fight for the faith, contend for the faith?
0: Well, I mean, you know, what what he's urging and, and encouraging is to be able to not... See, and this is where I think it gets tricky, too, because you're not like the, the gospel or the scriptures don't need you to, you know, figure out how to make it work in this world and to, you know, convince people of its truth. But it's more of us being able to acknowledge or identify, I guess would be a better word, not acknowledge, but identify where these false teachings come from the things that that drastically differ and the things that drift from that truth of the scriptures and so you're fighting right you're contending you're fighting to help yourself to remain like in sync with the scriptures and with the truth of the gospel but you're also Fighting to help others be able to see where false teachings are to identify and recognize and then also to be able to contend to fight for them to come back to the the truth of the gospel.
1: Yep. So. There's many ways we can fight for the faith, contend for the faith, but Jude's main point is identify false teaching. And call it out. And don't put up with it and and, and give the reason why. So what I would hope the listeners would understand is that a false teaching, a sentence of a false teacher that's that's untrue, that goes against what God says is true, right, is like, you're standing beside your mama and somebody comes up and spits in her face in your mother's face. What? I mean, yeah. what, what What do you think I'm going to do about that? Are you kidding me? Spit my mama's Correct. face. Well, that's, that's what I hope that you would be spiritually riled up to fight for the faith.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And I'm sorry about that analogy, but that's pretty serious. Uh,
0: yeah, that's that's a that's, that's a, serious a pretty, one, right? So yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, contend for the faith. What what is the faith? Right? Um, Paul talks about the faith. Uh, Peter talks about the faith. Uh, Luke writes about the faith. Right? The mm-hmm. faith is started with, like, way back in Abraham. It's it's yes, Lord. Whatever, you know, like Mary, his mother said at the wedding feast, uh, uh, do do what he tells you to do. Yeah. As as the, the faith looks like this, when Peter saw what happened, his first encounter with Jesus and the fish, he runs up to Jesus. He falls on his knees and bows down before the Savior and goes, Lord, you have no idea who I am. I am a sinful man. Go away from me. And he, he looks at him and he smiles probably. And he goes, Hey, hey, Peter, chill out. Um, I know who you are, but I have called you. Now, from now on, you're going to be catching men. Mm. You're going to be catching people. Oh man. See, that's the faith, right? The faith is the gospel uh, summed up Mm. and how we live. Let's go back to verse one, just one word. The beloved in God, the Father. That word is, uh, the root of that word, of course, is is agape, which is unconditional love. (laughs) God is love. But it's it's agapeo, which is actively doing what the Lord prefers with that love. Okay? Mm. So that's the faith. Now, the faith is described in the scripture we have. And Jude says, this has been once for all delivered to the saints. There's nothing new. There's nothing new today. Don't let any teacher, don't let any preacher ever say that he has some kind of new revelation. It's it's already here. Mm, It's already here. Shoot, I can't even deal with what's already here. I don't want anything new. I mean, I'm mean, i trying to break down what's already written. You know? Right,
0: right. Um,
1: the, 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 the pull, is, it's a pull. The pull that, that, that you want something new, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of how we are. We mm-hmm. want something new. You know why we want something new? Because what's already here calls you out. And, yeah. and no. always the new doesn't call you out always the new says you are okay and you can deviate a little bit from what's already written.
0: And and another thing too, and you hear it time and time again, especially today is, Oh my gosh, I've got, you know, I was reading this and I've got something brand new, something I've never, you know, I've never heard anybody teach on before, or I've got something brand new that that I don't think anybody else has ever had that I think, you know, you have to be very careful when someone says, Hey, like God told me this and it's brand new. You've never heard this before. God just revealed this to me about his word. (laughs) You have to be extremely careful about that for several reasons. But one of the primary to me is there have been people a lot smarter than myself that have studied very intently, very diligently God's word for years and years and years, thousands of years, right? That do so much better than I do. That if they have not, if God has not revealed to them anything new, why would I think that all of a sudden this pastor just happened during his study time for a message on Sunday that God revealed something brand new? And also, the other catch there. Is when they usually say, God gave me something that is brand new. The attention they're wanting is not on God or on Jesus, but on themselves. And it detracts from the truth of the gospel. Yep, that's right.
1: Um, Very, very important. Um, uh, You know, you said something uh, a second ago, Alex, that struck me. Anytime you hear. And, and I'm not I'm not saying this is intentional. A lot of times it's not intentional. It's, it's kind of like the 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 hip thing to say for a pastor is, "Hey, God told me something this morning," or mm-hmm. "God told me I needed to change my my message to this," something like that. Anytime somebody says, "I heard from the Lord," well, he better be reading from Matthew. <laughs> or I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to hear uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what I want to hear is what does John eleven say? Yeah, now, that's really important. Uh, listen, this isn't just my opinion. Uh, this is how we're the church is kept safe. Is stay in the scripture. <clears throat> um, read, read, a, teach how the Holy Spirit wrote the scripture. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You don't deviate. If y'all hear drums, that's my kid outside playing drums. So anyway, um, all right, so let's, let's go to verse four. So fight for the faith. Why? For certain people have crept in unnoticed who were long ago designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, these people, when he says that they're designated for this condemnation, that means that they are not believers. They may act like it. They may think they are. But they're not. Um, the, the, the way that you can tell somebody's believer is by their fruit. Mm. it's it's in other words here's your fruit what you do and what you say right that shows what you believe so what you what you say as jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks Mm -hmm. right so they have crept in what does that mean crept or they have secretly come in. What that means is that they slip in secretly
0: to be close
1: beside you. That's, that's very
0: important. Yeah. And, and I think to that point as well is it's, it's so, I guess, subtle, like sometimes if you're not careful, you won't even recognize it and that, that they are there. Yep. Until you start to all of a sudden get this sense of, wait a minute, is that right? That that doesn't sound right. You know, then that's where I think the Holy Spirit helps us as well when we are humbling ourselves, right? When we are asking God to help to reveal us, to identify so that we can, you know, recognize these false teachings. I think that's where it, it really does. They can slide in with these things without a lot of people paying attention. If we're not diligently staying on guard for those.
1: That's right. So how do you do that? Mm -hmm. You you listen with an open Bible
0: Mm -hmm. context
1: is, is extremely important. So they, they crept in unnoticed. How about that? Like Mm -hmm. they just came in. You didn't know. Uh, Well, listen, I'm, I'm a, in a way, we're all kind of suckers. We 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 want to be able to trust somebody because that's how we want to be treated too. But you have to be on your guard because yeah. they're already there. Yeah, you, they've they already crept in. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God. Right? Mm-hmm. Pervert means. To take the truth and turn it into violent spite of it.
0: Yeah. You distort it. Yep. It's no longer what it truly, you know, was meant to be. So what do what
1: they, it says that they take the grace of our God and they turn it into sensuality. Mm-hmm. Right. Which denies who Jesus is. This is the Antichrist. I want yeah. to read real quick if you if you may. Let's go to first John chapter four. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm gonna start verse one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. What that means is don't believe every teaching, don't believe everything yeah. you hear. Because everything you hear comes from a source of thinking. It's either worldly thinking or godly thinking. Okay. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets or false teachers have already gone out into the world. Then John says this. By this, you know that this is the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. Now, if you go back to the same writer, his first chapter in the gospel of John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And you Mm -hmm. go to verse 14 and the word became flesh, right? Every Every false teacher, either subtly or overtly, will deny that Jesus is God. You understand that? I said subtly, too. If you teach anti-truth, you're saying that Jesus is not Lord. Hmm. He's not the Lord. Yeah. the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Mm. You hear you did you did you hear what he said? It's it's how you identify and process what you hear. How do you do that with an open Bible? Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Right? <Sure. clears throat> so so when they when they Pervert the grace into sensuality, that's exchanging a truth for a lie. Yeah. As Paul talks about in Romans 1. Right? Then he goes on to say, now I want to remind you, this is verse five. Although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, and this is this is the ESV. Um, so I looked this up, and it's 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 the Lord, right? Yes, yes, it's uh It's, let me see what that Greek word is real quick. It's uh, kurios, kurios. It's Lord, master, the Lord, right? So he just identified Jesus Christ as master and Lord right before he says this. So I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So here's the thing about that. Jesus is the second person in the Trinity, correct? Yep. Um, he's he's the voice in the burning bush. He's he's the guy that stood there in, in front of Joshua. And Joshua goes, Are you with us or against us? <clears throat> right? Yeah. He's he's the he's the guy that that told samson's parents that samson was coming i
0: mean
1: so so he's the one that spoke to moses and verse six and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling he has kept in eternal chains until gloomy darkness until the day of judgment of the great day. So that is the last day that Jesus was talking about in John six. I will Mm -hmm. raise them up on the last day. Now, what this doesn't mean is that all the demons who used to be angels who fell for Lucifer's lie that Lucifer was going to exalt himself above God's throne. and And it says a third of the angels were swept out of heaven with his tail that they're not in chains as far as like, like there's no demonic activity. Like, uh, or, and if you just read the Gospels, you see that there's definitely demonic activity, and Jesus addressed that head on. What it does mean is that there is no hope for them, that they are condemned forever into darkness. Mm-hmm. Which is tripping so just as sodom and gomorrah and their surrounding cities which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued a natural desire serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire now very strong examples here by jude yeah um this is this is an example of the perverseness of perverse sorry perverseness spoken earlier sexual immorality um is described as those that have unnatural desires this is also in romans 1 you can also go back and read about sodom and gomorrah um the 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 men of the town were banging on the door demanding that they have sex with the two men who were angels from god and and Lot even said, "Look, I'll give you my daughters," and they're like, "Nah, I want the I want the guys." And this is a, <clears throat> this is the strongest example of, of, tra- of tra- um, trading the truth for a lie,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. And Paul uses the same example of trading the truth for a lie. So, yet in the like manner, like he's saying that these false teachers have the same um, problem. They have the same problem. They have changed, they have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they have an issue that their words eventually turn the truth into unnatural desires or sensuality. Yeah. So yet in the in the manner like these people also relying on their dreams, it, that is so interesting. Defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. What in the world does that mean? So <clears throat> dreams. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Dreams to a false teacher is a false hope that opposes the kingdom of God and his church and his gospel. These are, these are, uh, these dreams, quote unquote, are is a thought process that is not godly mm.
0: That ends yeah. up
1: being about you. Right. So the result of this is it pollutes the church. It disregards and nullifies the authority of the church and does not acknowledge any worthiness or respect of the church. Yeah. And I'm yeah. telling you, this is very, very subtle. Now, if you look at Jim Jones, that's not subtle. That's a bird. Right. That's just like, and, and there, there is a lot of examples of that in the past, but for the most part, it's always subtle.
0: Yeah. And and then this one commentary, um, it it actually identifies these dreams as either one because they claim to receive revelation, right? Well, we just, what we were just talking about, they claim to receive some special revelation, right? That, that makes them uh, teach this or that gives them this insight that no one else has. So this is where it's coming from, right? Which is what we talked about. And then two is because they have, decided to be a slave or a servant to sin, that it has distorted their thinking so much that they are no longer the truth, but rather following their, their self-pleasure, right? Yep. Their sin. Yep. And so th- they are so far out of touch with the truth and with reality that they have become quote unquote dreamers, right? They the way they think is not even in line with just a normal sane person, Uh, like the clear, obvious things. (laughs) And this makes so much sense. If you look at what we deal with today, the things that science says people no longer believe, right? They claim that science and the, clear and obvious fundamental understandings are no longer true and that's what they pursue they're so bought in this, you know, this other way of thinking that even the things that have been fundamentally proven true they no longer believe and um right that, that's kind of how <laughs> you it identifies what? those dreamers in this sense a, too. a
1: great example of that and i heard this on a podcast this is not me is that we're it's so interesting that we are so willing to believe in the existence of aliens. Yet we say that a unborn baby has no rights.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That it's really not human yet. Right. Yeah. So what, what, what in a nutshell, what you just said was these people who teach falsely their best defense of their teaching is to get you to think like they are.
0: Yes. Right.
1: To get you to, to turn into what they are and they may think that they're fine. I'm not saying that everybody that teaches falsely, even subtly, does it on purpose. I'm just saying it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, The best way to avoid teaching falsely. If you're a pastor and you're listening, how about preach out of Mark? Uh, start in Mark and just go a year in Mark, go two years yeah. in Acts. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to it's, it's a, you're a lot less likely to interject you into scripture and bring Jesus out of scripture. If you mm-hmm. just teach
0: scripture, that's, that's yeah. my point. Okay. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So I'm going to get off the soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, and, and that's, that's the whole you know point and purpose of identifying the the false teachings is to make sure that we guard ourselves against it but also give others you know like a guard against that as well to be able yep. to identify those things because they are so dangerous because they can take us so far from the truth before we even recognize it like, that is the terrifying thing when it comes to false teaching and, and people who, you know, interject these revelations that they've had that no one else has had. And they convince people, including themselves, that what they're saying is true when it is clearly uh, opposing the gospel and the truth that scripture gives us. Right.
1: And <clears throat> I must go ahead and tell you. It's a lot easier to sit back and even if you hear something that you think's wrong, it's a lot easier to just dismiss it and say, okay, whatever, you know, I'm just not going to worry about that because that's easy. The hard part is confrontation. Uh, Can you, are you in an environment where if you, if you, if and where you go to church or if you're in an environment to where you are very hesitant to approach the pastor, not because that's just your temperament let's just say that you feel like you really need to talk to your pastor about something he said um, which you know a lot of people heard um and you don't feel like you can do that or if you do that and you're you're like chastised for questioning what he said uh then you really need to do some some thinking about where you are um yeah, yeah. you you every every believer needs to be in a church where that openness is there that it exists if you can't ask questions you're not in a good environment i'm not telling you i'm not telling you to to change churches uh, i'm not a i'm not into church hopping i don't believe in it you don't i, I do not see in scripture where pastors went to another church
0: mm.
1: or, or believers went to another church unless they moved so anyway, <clears throat> I'm I, I stepped right back off my little box there. Sorry about that. So we got two more verses to go. So when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to be to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but he said, The Lord rebuke you. Now, um, the origins of this um, may have been from the book of Enoch and other writings. Um and this is this is a, a weird verse to me. Uh but here's the the nugget in this verse is this the only authority a believer has is in and through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um you don't like you remember the seven sons of Skeva, I think it was in Acts when they were going around rebuking demons out of people and stuff like this. And uh, the guy goes, uh, Paul, I know, but I don't know you. Yeah, and They they beat the crap out of them, right? <laughs> well, they were on their own authority. They were trying yeah. to use the authority of Christ Jesus through Paul because they saw Paul do it. Yeah. So, in other words, I just read in 1 John 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He, he is the rebuker.
0: Yeah. Not, not you yourself.
1: Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, Now, I'm not saying that you don't, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I get that. But you have to understand where the authority lies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's him in you as the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Yeah, absolutely. So, weird verse. <clears throat> so it says this in verse 10. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. How about that?
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: blaspheme all that they don't understand and are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Yep. What a verse. What in yeah. the world yeah. does that mean? Right? Yeah. So look, false teachers, <clears throat> and, and I mean, I keep saying subtly because that's how it works false teachers naturally blasting the truth because they themselves are ignorant of the truth, right? They are eventually destroyed or they corrupt themselves by their own irrational animalistic thinking. This is anti-God thinking. And like we said a minute ago, the best defense they have to that is to get other people to join in. And as Paul says, <clears throat> what people do, Naturally, not, not in God, but naturally, they'd like to gather around themselves people who will tickle their ears. Who will, who, who make it a feel-good truth. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Sometimes the truth doesn't feel good at all. The truth is. Jesus said if, if they persecute me, they're gonna persecute you. This is not a feel-good religion. This is a hope religion.
0: This is an internal life religion. Yeah. Right. And and I think, you know, in this verse here, what really stands out is, you know, the fact that that it talks about slandering or or blaspheming what, what you do not understand or what they do not understand, you know, talking specifically about false teachers, they blaspheme the truth of the gospel because they don't understand it, right? Because it differs from their self-pleasure that they're seeking, right? They're not seeking Jesus to glorify him. No, they want to glorify themselves. And because the truth of the gospel does not do that, then they begin to slander it. And that's, that's right. where they have become slaves to sin and slaves to self rather than a servant of Jesus Christ and a servant of the Lord. Because they want only what makes them feel good, what makes them happy, what builds them up, what brings them personal praise versus what points everything humbly and in surrendering to to Jesus, um, and I think that's where you know when when Jude is writing here, and, and Peter also, it, it's it's interesting because Peter in Second Peter two actually has a you know part of of his letter to the church that correlates very closely with what Jude is writing here against false teachings, and he talks about in the same manner, you know, kind of the the uh, irrational animals. Who are, uh, what's it say, who are meant to be caught and killed, I think. So in verse 12 of 2 Peter 2, it says, But these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like animals, they too will perish. Because when you pursue only what feels good or what feels right, it will lead you to death because you're going after sin and you're letting your flesh be your guide, right? Your yep. source of direction rather than the Holy Spirit that is given to us through our faith in Christ Jesus. And so that's that's the difference. Yep. really. And it's crazy how it circles back to exactly what you talked about at the beginning. Are you a servant? to sin or are you a servant to jesus christ yep yep and and, you
1: know i know we uh this is this is a pretty interesting podcast today um in many ways yeah uh but we we've we've shared the gospel as well and if you have Mm -hmm. heard that and god has has called you out of the darkness into the light and you want to know what to do about that, um, and you want to find a place to 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 go and and be with like believers as yourself, uh, Alex. Can you tell them how to get in touch with us so we can help them out?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if that's you, send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc, or if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC. And uh, connect with us there. We'd love to help you uh, to find a local church uh, congregation for you to really get get plugged into wherever you are. Uh, if you have questions around what we've talked about today, around the Bible in general, or about Jesus, about God, about faith, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to talk with you, get you some resources, and uh, and and help to encourage you in those areas and also if you have a prayer request you need someone to pray with you or pray for you or for something you know going on in your life reach out to us we'd love to do that as well but thank you so much for for listening thank you for joining and uh and kind of hanging in there with us as Trey said you know this is sort of a different episode than what we you know generally may have uh and, and I think it's it's important, though, because it's something that we we all need to be doing to make ourselves aware of the false teachings, the, the subtle ones and the, the obvious ones, the ones that slide in and the ones that just come crashing through the wall, uh, you know, not trying to hide themselves. So we need to, you know, guard ourselves against that, but also be, you know, from that as well. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us as always pray, enjoy it really appreciate it yep peace out people yeah. yep. let us know if you, you need know. anything and we'll catch you again next week